You're listening to the Dead Presidents Podcast. And this is the Top 5 Presidential Cradle Robbers. Welcome to the Dead Presidents Podcast. I am James J. Hamilton. And I'm Stephen Lincoln Douglas. We've got another salacious top five this week. That's right, James. It's always good advice for the president to reach out to America's youth. Some presidents took that a little more seriously than others. Indeed they did. It's the top five presidential cradle robbers. Number five. James Madison. Now, a lot of presidents have spent time in the arms of women who are substantially younger than them. And that's what today's top five list is all about. And we talked a little bit about it in the last episode. We've got James Madison coming up here at number five. He was 17 years older than his first lady, Dolly Madison. When they met and got married, he was 43 years old. She was only 26. And she was a nice find. Oh, yeah. Madison had not had a lot of luck before then. He had a previous engagement to Kitty Floyd, who was 16 years younger than him. But this occurred when he was 31 years old, and she was only 15. Wow. They were engaged to be married, but she broke it off. She married someone else, someone more age-appropriate, and Madison was devastated. And by the year 1794, he was getting up there in age. It looked like he might be doomed to lifelong bachelorhood. Wow. What's he going to do? That's I mean, when he's got to find a wingman. Yep. He turns to his friend Aaron Burr, and he asks Aaron Burr to introduce him to a young widow whose legal affairs Burr was handling. Well, that's nice. Yeah, stick around to that Aaron Burr fellow. I'm sure that's going to work out good for you later. Aaron Burr, he definitely knows his way around uh, the ladies. Madison yeah. chose a good uh, wingman. Yeah. And he got hooked up with a very eligible bachelorette. Dolly Payne Todd, a recently widowed. Uh, yellow fever carried off her husband and her newborn and that just left her with a two-year-old son. So, Madison slides on up to her. And they hit it off. Yeah. And during their courtship, Madison's friend told Dolly, he thinks so much of you in the day that he has lost his tongue at night he dreams of you and starts in his sleep, calling on you to relieve his flame, for he burns to such an excess that he will be shortly consumed. So we're talking Ooh. about, like, you know... Dolly was hot stuff. I don't know. I, to me, that that description conjures up, like, Madison's friends writing to Dolly and saying, like, look, I've walked in on him. He has, like, <laughs> huge erections, and he's, like... <laughs> Busting his nut in his sleep yeah. and crying out and shit and do he, something about he's it. He's been my waiting God. 43 years. He needs some relief. Yeah. And Dolly was a very, very eligible widow. She attracted a lot of attention. She has been described as radiant and full bosomed. Buxom. 
Washington Irving called her a fine, buxom dame. Oh, yeah, One go. woman wrote that Dolly had the most beautiful neck and bosom I ever saw. She was fond, was Dolly, of low-cut, revealing French fashions, a style that Abigail Adams called, quote, an outrage upon all decency. Well. I wouldn't mind catching a glimpse of young 26-year-old Dolly wearing an outfit that was an outrage upon all decency. Yeah. And she was a hell of a lady, too, and it'll be good to talk about her in episode four Yeah, she became podcast. a very uh, important political partner of medicine, as we will get to on our next episode. But for now, medicine doing a little cradle robin, but that's nothing compared to what we've got coming up. Top five presidential cradle robbers. Number four, Benjamin Harrison. Harrison was actually just a year younger than First Lady Caroline Harrison. But during his presidency, she died of tuberculosis. Old TB. What's a poor widower to do? Well, turns out the late Mrs. Harrison had a niece who lived in the White House as her assistant, Mary Dimmick. Apparently, trouble started while the First Lady was still alive, as Mary began to exercise an influence over the President which interfered with the domestic peace of the family, and he permitted and encouraged that influence. The First Lady suffered what she considered were indignities, and the President insisted that she was being foolishly and causelessly jealous. Mrs. Harrison discussed with a friend how to get rid of her niece. Mary was given to understand that her continued residence in the White House was unwelcome to Mrs. Harrison, but she appealed to the President, and he refused to consent to her departure. Trouble in paradise. Harrison and Mary parted ways after Mrs. Harrison's death, but then got together a couple years later after he left office. He was 25 years older than her. He was 62, and she was 37 when they married. His two children, who were older than the bride, refused to attend the wedding. They strongly objected to the marriage and expressed unconcealed disapproval for what they considered an act disrespectful to the memory of their mother. I mean, come on. Uh, she's literally... I think she's about the same age of his oldest kid. Yeah. Not even that old. Their mother tried to get this woman kicked out of the White House. Yeah. Harrison wouldn't let it happen. And then, right after her death, that's where he turns to for his companion. Yeah, I can't remember the exact age, but yeah, I think that the oldest kids were about the same age. And they were like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So... A few months before the wedding, the kids were still hoping that it was going to be broken off. A newspaper said of the new wife, She is not a beautiful woman, but she is charming. Her features are good, but not regular. She does not appeal to your senses, but to your heart. In other words, she had a great personality. Yep. And that, maybe that coupled well with Benjamin Harrison, because he was known for having an icy personality. Yep. Opposites attract and all that. Which brings us to top five presidential cradle robber. Number three. Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump is 24 years older than the First Lady, Melania Trump. This is not a new situation for Trump to find him in. His first two wives were three and 17 years younger than him. He's used to being married to much younger women. They get younger and younger as he goes along, or rather he gets older. They say the same age. That's what Matthew McConaughey would say. That's what Trump thinks. He likes to joke about it. He said recently, as you've probably read, she's slightly younger than me. Just a tiny little bit. Trump, he spent, you know, most of his adult life cultivating an image of being with much younger women. He spilled a lot of this kind of thing on Howard Stern uh, episodes, who uh, he appeared on many times. And Howard Stern likes to get him to talk about the nitty gritty and get right into the dirty stuff. One time Trump told Howard Stern. I'm going to have to do the voice. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to have he, to do the voice. You can set it up. He'd tell Howard Stern. You know, he'd be dating a 21-year-old, and she'd be studying algebra. And he's like, that's embarrassing. That's too young. He said, 30 is the perfect age. But then when she's 35, that's checkout time. <laughs> Trump, he met Melania while he was getting divorced from his second wife. She was born in Slovenia, came to the United States for modeling, was very successful. She was in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. She has posed nude. Google nude photos of your first lady. They're out there. When she met Donald, he was 52. She was 28. They got married when he was 58 and she 34. When they first started dating in 1999, they called into the Howard Stern Show. Trump said Melania was naked at the time. Howard asked, what is she wearing? She said not much. Trump said she was naked. She said they have sex every night. In 2004, they got engaged, and Trump went on Howard Stern to say, She's terrific in bed. She wouldn't want me to say that, but she is. In the, in the history of the world, no one has gotten more beautiful women than I have. Melania as one of the greatest bodies I've ever seen. After their marriage, Howard Stern asked Trump if he would stay with her if she was horribly disfigured in a car accident. He said that he would, but quickly added, How do, how do her tits look? How, do the, how, about, how are the breasts? How are the breasts? That's very important. If they're intact, he'll stick around. But this is who he is. This is the kind of image he's cultivated. He gets a lot of flack, but as he once said, quote, it doesn't really matter what the media writes as long as you've got a young, beautiful piece of ass. You could grab onto it. You're a star. They let you do it. And say what you will about Donald Trump. He's always had a young, beautiful piece of ass. You can. You got to give him that. And that's something that we're also going to have to give to number two in the top five greatest presidential cradle robbers john tyler john tyler john tyler was the same age as his first lady letitia christian tyler they were married for 29 years they had eight children but in 1842 she had a stroke and died in the white house that's a fruitful marriage very and a fruitful. very tragic end and they were together for a long time. It was clear that they loved one another. Eight children. My God, what a tragedy. Also in 1842, Tyler's son, John Jr., 
fell for a bright and flirtatious young woman from New York named Julia Gardner. She and her sister had been brought by her father to fish for husbands in Washington High Society. John Jr. was married and may have considered divorcing his wife. That's the gossip we've heard. Even though the First Lady's corpse was barely cold, President Tyler elbowed John Jr. out of the way and made it clear that he wanted Miss Gardner for himself. She was 22 years old at the time, and he was 52, 30 years older than her. His eldest daughter was five years older than Julia. Six months after his wife's death, he proposed to her. She didn't say yes, but he kept after her. He's not going to give up. And she might be playing a little hard to get with she is. the president. How's that turn out? Right. The event that finally brought them together was an excursion aboard the warship USS Princeton. Many high-ranking officials were there. Dolly Madison was there. Julia Gardner was there, properly chaperoned by her father. During a demonstration of the ship's guns, one of the cannons exploded, and the shrapnel killed six people, including the Secretary of State, Abel Upshur, Secretary of the Navy, and Julia's father. It she was a fainted. bloodbath. A, absolute carnage. Carnage. Total bloodbath on board. It was Quentin Jaws times three. Mm-hmm. So she faints. She wakes up in the president's arms. Tyler's quiet strength sustained her, and in her mourning, she changed her feelings towards him. She said, After I lost my father, I felt differently towards the president. He seemed to fill the place and to be more agreeable in every way than any younger man ever was or could be. That's some severe daddy issues. Sounds like James. The president filling her father's place? That's not the only place he was trying to fill. Well, that's true, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. A few months after the Princeton disaster, they married in a private ceremony. She was 24, he was 54. His daughters disliked her and didn't attend the wedding. Julia's mother wrote to the new first lady, Tone down your lovemaking. Let your husband work during all business hours. Business should take the precedence of caressing. Reserve your caressing for private leisure and be sure to let no one see it unless you wish to be laughed at. Did they listen they, to that advice? They did not no. heed that advice. As a matter of fact, they cranked it up to 11. That's right. Tyler had seven more children with Julia for a total of 15. A, a presidential, presidential record. record. Unbelievable. He was 70 when his youngest child was born. Tyler was born during the George Washington administration. His youngest child died during the Truman administration, and his grandson is still alive at the moment of recording this broadcast. Actually, I, I believe two grandsons are still alive. Yeah. Lyon and Harrison. Wow. One in Texas and one in uh, Virginia. The Tyler line still going strong. Very strong. That What a remarkable thing to be so little removed. They were just father and late. They had, a, I guess, a strong seed. They certainly did. Something. And that'll bring us to 
the top five presidential cradle robber. Number one. Grover Cleveland. If you thought John Tyler was robbing the cradle, what do you hear about Grover Cleveland? At the time he became president, Cleveland was a bachelor. He had never married. He was a bachelor president, but he was not a virgin president. He wasn't James Buchanan again. Nope. Cleveland came into the office with the stain of a bastard child on his record. Boom, 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 He had wow. spent some time with a widow of loose morals. He wasn't the only one who was spending time with her. When she became pregnant, he doubted that he was the father, but he decided to take responsibility anyway because the other options were all married men that would be much more complicated for them so he wow that has taken one for the team he did take one for the holy team. shit so he oh started making informal child support payments she was drinking heavily while nursing the infant so he had her committed to an insane asylum and put the child in an orphanage wow she later kidnapped the child he gave her 500 dollars to go away and the child was adopted and grew up to be a doctor happy ending for that child yeah wow I, i'm so just i'm mother. just uh I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So, she's a heavy drinker. She's committed to an insane asylum. The child's put in an orphanage. Does she escape the insane, insane asylum and kidnap the child? Like, I think she was let out. She was released and then and immediately then resorted to kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> it got her 500 bucks to go away. Well. And it got uh, a... a, a it became a campaign issue for Cleveland as he, during while he was running for president in 1884, he would be taunted over his bastard child and crowds would chant, Ma, 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 Ma where's, where's my, my pa? pa? Going to the White House, ha, ha, ha. Yep, and that's where Cleveland went. He went to the White House and it was time for him to really start robbing the cradle. Because here's the thing about Grover Cleveland. He had been a lawyer. His law partner was Oscar Folsom. They were great friends. They were partners. And when Grover Life Cleveland was 27 years old, Oscar Folsom's wife had a daughter, and Grover Cleveland met his future wife, Frances Folsom, when she was just an infant. He doted on her as a child. She grew up and called him Uncle Cleve. He knows her all throughout the her childhood. When she was 11 years old, her father died without a will, and Cleveland was appointed administrator of his estate. He became the manager of the family finances. It was basically her legal guardian. Now, there is a quote that I've read in a biography of Cleveland that is really wild. Okay, so this was when her father was still alive, and Francis was young maybe six or seven years old mm -hmm. and Grover Cleveland was over and she asked him, how come you never got married? Just being a little girl, just asking a question like, how come you mm -hmm. never got married? Yeah. And her father admonished her and Cleveland said, no, it's okay. I'm just waiting for my wife to grow up. <laughs> wow. Pretty creepy. Yeah. Well, because, you know, at some point, you know, that's the thing. At some point, Cleveland started uh, having some thoughts because when he became president, 
young Frances Folsom and her mother would visit him often, and rumors swirled that Cleveland was going to propose to the mother. That just seemed the more logical thing to be. All of high society wanted the bachelor president to get married. He's so eligible. Who's he going to marry? That's the speculation. How about old Mrs. Folsom, who comes by to visit with her daughter? It's probably her, right? But wait. Frances, she just graduated college. She just turned 21. And Cleveland proposed to her, not the mother, to young Frances. They called her Frank. Her nickname was Frank. Imagine the mother's reaction like she thinks, you know, I'm going to be the next first lady of the United States. And then mm. he's like, oh, how about that daughter? Hubba, hubba. You know? Well, Frankie said yes. The engagement was kept secret until just five days before the wedding when the 49-year-old sitting president married a 21-year-old girl in the blue room of the White House. And apparently... Nobody was, like, all that scandalized by it. No, actually, people loved it. Yeah, it, seems... it was the first time there was a presidential wedding. Yeah. It was huge. Like, there was illustrations. Like, even, like, the London Illustrated Times had illustrations of the White House mm-hmm. wedding and covered it. You know, it was, it was actually received really well. Yeah, it seems outrageous by modern standards. Uh, standards, but at the time, everyone was just excited to have a, a young, beautiful first lady. She was characterized as a beauty, was known as shapely and, quote, full-bosomed. The same uh, appellation applied to Dolly Madison. That seems to be the most uh, historianly way of saying... Yeah, I suppose somebody so. Somebody has a nice rack. Yeah. And uh, Frank Folsom Cleveland came into office with uh, those kind of assets, at least. Yeah. And she captivated the public. Everyone was excited. She was, you know, young and having children while he was president. Everyone loved her. In fact, the New York Times wrote, quote, Other presidents have shared the executive mansion with wives whose personal attractiveness, accomplishments, wit, and tact have commanded admiration. But in not one of all those of all the wives of the presidents have the whole population manifested more interest than they do in the present lady of the White House. Her youth, beauty, grace, animation, and unaffected cordiality are irresistible. Yeah, she was a good. She was a good one, and she'll be fun to talk about in episode twenty-two. Yeah, when we get to the Clevelands. I just, I, I just wonder, at what moment during her life did Cleveland? He's looking at her as a little girl, and when did he start looking at her as? having other kinds of potentialities apparently pretty early pretty early yeah apparently very pretty creepily so yeah yeah but, pretty wild but i mean it turned out good i mean you know the whole the baby ruth yeah. uh candy bar thing came from their daughter ruth yeah not babe ruth the baseball player as many people believe mm-hmm. that was after. actually i read that they uh tried to claim that it was based on Cleveland's daughter, Baby Ruth, so that they didn't have to pay Babe Ruth royalties for naming it after him. No, well, either way, good move. Either way, little Baby Ruth tragically did not live to adulthood, but she was a darling of of the American people. And you could think about her every Halloween. During her young time. But that was Cleveland. He enjoyed his 21-year-old bride, as did the nation. 
And we encourage our listeners to follow in Cleveland's footsteps. That's right. Scour the playgrounds for votes and perhaps a future partner. Yep. You could give us cause someday to do an update to the top five presidential cradle robbers. Until then, this has been the Dead Presidents Podcast. <laughs>